0: Today on It's Time. God takes the foolish things of the world and confounds the wise. He takes the mistakes that we've done and He turns them into something good. I hear the calling, it's time, it's
1: time, it's time. time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler
0: understand this, is that um, things strangled um, can be a stumbling block. You might say uh, things offered to idols can be a stumbling block for weaker brethren in the Lord. And at this time, everybody was a new Christian, friends. There was nobody sitting around, well, you know, I've been a Christian for 50 years, you know, and I've really matured in the Lord. These guys were all new Christians. So because of that, and because, and let's go to verse uh, 21, just back up. For Moses had had throughout many generations those who preach him in every city being read in the synagogues every Sabbath. Okay. So you say, what's that mean? Simply this. The law of Moses had been established and to keep people from violating their conscience. And you know, when your conscience bother you, it's very difficult. He gave this advice saying, don't Eat meat, sacrifice to idols. Now, later on, Paul says, Look, if eating meat offends my brother, I won't eat meat. To me, it doesn't offend me, chow down. You say, Well, how's that work? Well, simply this Paul recognized that this statue that they have the little incense, you know, they have a chunk of meat and stick some incense in it and they'd light it on fire and eat it, you know, kind of thing. And then they would, after that was done, they'd pull the incense sticks out. They would take that chunk of meat, take it down, stick it in the meat store and they would sell it. And so some people would walk up and say, now, is this meat been sacrificed to idols or not? Uh, You see, the pagan understanding was that the power of their you know, carve God, would somehow uh, envelop in the meat, and then when you ate the meat, you would become more godlike. That was the idea. And in fact, even in uh, some Native American type of religions, they believe if you drink the blood of the animal, then you get the spirit of that animal. You probably heard that before. So there was a lot of mysticism concerning these things. And Paul, because the church was young, he or I should say the the early church father said, "If, if eating meat offends somebody, don't eat it. I would say that today too. Now, if something offends somebody, maybe they're a weaker brethren, maybe they were raised in a very strict church. If you're going to be around them and you're going to hang out with them, you want to be careful of their culture or their understanding of God. Now, yes, maybe you have matured farther than they have, but that should still not be an edge that we can say. You say, how are you saying that? As an example, if you were raised in a very strict church, as an example, I was. (laughs) My mom would not let us have a deck of playing cards in the house. Some of you maybe can relate to that. And I'd say, but mom, why? All my friends get to play with cards. She goes, there's been hundreds of people shot over those cards. So I couldn't have cards. Well, here's the thing. If I was around somebody and I had been raised where I didn't kind of understand that playing cards aren't necessarily bad, um, you could really offend somebody by pulling out a deck of cards. Now, Sometimes offenses are impossible that they're going to come. Sometimes you're going to do something that they don't like. Some people believe listening to any kind of worldly music is a terrible sin. To other people, it's not any big deal. So we have to be careful in our presence, you might say, of how we present ourselves and Christ to others. Now, as an example, if you're going to go over to a foreign country and part of their culture... Um, as an example, in Tonga, uh, they wear a, a robe around them. Men do as well. And it's very formidable, to, uh, 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 very, uh, very much um, in fashion to wear that. So you will see people in suits and ties. You will also see people with this, it this, um, uh, looks like a chef's thing around them. And, and that is perfectly Okay. You don't usually see the two mixed together, but you'll see that. Now, the reason why is that to, you can't diss on what they are used to because you'll offend them. Being that Moses had been taught exclusively through the known world and understanding that there were dietary laws and also getting into the pagan ideas and also understanding that some of the dietary laws that were in the Old Testament were really based upon health issues. Blood spoils faster than anything else. That's why kosher food. They would strap the the animal up by its back legs. They would cut its throat and let it bleed out. But pagans wouldn't do that. They would strangle the animal, oftentimes leaving the blood in the animal, and then cut it up. And you know they had their ideas. So, make a long story short. He said that you abstain from things offered to idols, from blood. From things strangle, from sexual immorality, if you do, if you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Now, addressing this particular issue. Now this word, sexual immorality is, is fornication, and of course we all know that this is one of the great, you might say, plights in our nation, in the world today, is, is we have babies born out of wedlock, we, we, children don't have dads, we have all these issues that are a direct result of not obeying what it says here. And that has never really been modified, uh, even to the present day. So, so understanding that, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I know it's hard sometimes to stay pure, but God has commanded us to do that. You're the winner in the long run. That's just all there is to it. I've had people come to me and say, "My, you know, I didn't know. I just kind of went out on a binge, and I got AIDS now, and what do I do? I go, well, you're forgiven, but you're going to live with that for as long as you live, however short that might be. So there's a lot of things that we need to be aware of, a lot of dangers. And this is why I believe God's word protects us bodily, mentally, spiritually, because there are things that would like to take you out. Because again, the devil knows the great potential that you possess uh, against his kingdom. And so understanding that. So um, Moses' law taught in all, all the synagogues. This kind of became a standard. The church was young. Um, Again, Paul later on says, uh, you know, if you do something that offends somebody, don't do it. Be, Be sensitive to them. Just say, well, it's not my fault that they're so spiritually immature. That's not really love. And by your good conduct and by your faith in God, they will see the freedom you have in Christ. And they will grow out of it. I grew out of not having playing cards, just to let you know. Not that I have stacks of them in my house. But if I go into your house and I see a stack of uh, playing cards on your table, I don't scream anathema and run out of your house. Um, You see, because understanding that it's a deck of cards. Uh, The idol that they were burning the incense to is a carved chunk of wood. It's not a big deal. But if you think it's a big deal because of a person's conscience, then that can stumble them. And so, to be free of those things, these things were written that way. Now, as we go on here, so they were sent off, and they came to Antioch. And when they had gathered the multitude together, they delivered the letter. And when they read it, they rejoiced over its encouragement. Now, I like that. It was encouragement. Because whenever you're free from laws, there's a rejoicing. That's why you, you have a lot of times people saying, well, what we need is less government in America. Which is simply saying we need less laws and, and not more of them. Because laws oppress people. That, that's what <laughs> income tax season is coming up. That's the law. you got to pay money. See, you've got to remember, a hundred some years ago, they didn't have that. That's something that's all been added in. So the point is, the more law, the more oppressed people are. Here is where they were encouraged because they were not told they were under the law. They were free in Christ. Now, Judas and Silas themselves, being prophets, also exhorted the brethren with many words and strengthened them. So one of the jobs that we have as brethren, I believe, is to strengthen other brethren. And do you realize sometimes just a kind word, just saying, God bless you. Hey, good to see you. You know, that means so much. If somebody does something, you say, boy, that's really neat you did that. Thank you. Instead of just ignoring it. So encouraging them. After they had stayed there for a time, they were sent back with greetings from the brethren to the apostles. However, it seemed good to Silas To remain there. So some of the guys, they went back, but Silas just felt an unction to stay there. Now, we're going to see a little bit why and how God works here. Silas felt unctioned to stay. Somebody might say, why? At this point, he may not know, but we'll see in a few minutes. It says, Paul and Barnabas also remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. So right now, everything is really great. I mean, they're all fellowshipping, God is good, and, you know, second missionary journey, and they're all having a great time. And so they get the feeling, we need to go back and check on those other churches, those other groups, towns that we preach preached the gospel in. Then after some day, Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord. See and see how they're doing. That's not a great idea. And everything was great. But now we enter another one of these relationship issues. Now Barnabas was determined to take with him John called Mark. Kind of his nephew. But Paul insisted that they should not take him with him, The one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Now, Paul didn't want to take John Mark because he was afraid maybe he was going to flake out again. We don't know why John Mark went back home. It doesn't tell us why. It just says that he did. Now, maybe he got homesick. Maybe he wanted to go party. Maybe he... Felt the journey was too hard. There's a lot of reasons why people take a stride from the master's side. Whatever reason it was, Paul didn't want to take him with him. Barnabas did. Now, somebody would say, well, why is that? Well, Barnabas, his name again means son of consolation. And Barnabas is the same guy who, you might say, ran interference for Paul when he first got saved. Everybody thinking he was really a spy set out by the Sanhedrin or the or the Pharisees to infiltrate the churches, to get their names, so we could haul off women, children, and men and have them killed. Barnabas is the one that said, no, he's the real deal. He really got saved. I know it's hard to believe, but he really did. So Barnabas was very instrumental in establishing Paul's ministry. Paul, though, not wanting to take John Mark with him, creates a real issue here. Because the thing is, Barnabas' name means son of consolation. And if, in fact, John Mark did any of those bad things, and John Mark is now back in Antioch wanting to go with them, by the very nature of Barnabas would tell us this is what he does. You know, it's really funny sometimes our different ministries and how we function in respective ministries. We had a call like that, I believe, today on the radio. Somebody asked the question about, well, uh, should we be involved in political things, or should we just be out preaching the gospel? I said, we need to be involved in everything. You look at the early church. Jesus said, go preach the gospel to every creature. And yes, there was groups of men who simply, we remember when the Hellenist Jews began to complain uh, to the apostles that they were not getting their daily ration of food, They said, let's appoint some people filled with the Spirit to take care of these issues. That simply meant that everybody in the family of God were all under the Lordship of Christ. We all have a a divine commission to preach the gospel to every creature. How we do that, though, varies oftentimes from person to person. Sometimes it will be an evangelist. Sometimes it may be a pastor. Sometimes it may be a Sunday school teacher. Sometimes it may be just taking a sack of oranges over to your next door neighbor who has been in the hospital. Every one of us preaches the gospel in a different way. Somebody said one time, preach every day and if necessary, use words. I think it's true. Because our actions speak so much louder than an old saying. Your actions are speaking so loud, I can't hear what you're saying. I believe that that's a truth. And so all of us, in some areas, we fail in this. And this is where we need to repent and say, God, forgive me, I'm a bozo. And But thank God, God loves bozos. I, I like that. So don't feel that you've let the Lord down to the point, because, uh, again, we look at all the way through the Bible, God's forgiveness, God's love, His extending grace to people, and how wonderful it is. Well, this issue becomes contentious. Paul says, He can't come. Barnabas says, yes, he can. No, he can't. Yes, he can. No, he can't. And notice what it says. Verse 39. The contentions became so sharp that they parted from one another. Wow. If you go back to chapter 15, this chapter, the very first verse, you find that those causing contention were from somewhere else. They came from... Judah. Now we find the contention coming from brethren. Friends, I believe that there are opportunities, you might say, to scrap with everybody. Within the family and without the family. Sometimes it's justified and sometimes it's not justified. I've actually seen ministers sometimes use this verse. As Paul picks up Silas and they go off with their ministry and Barnabas picks up John Mark and they go off with their ministry saying, see, God blesses splits and junk. Yeah, that's wacko. Bad doctrine. God ministers in spite of our failures. That's the truth. Look what it says. The contention became so sharp that they parted with one another. Now, what I think is amazing here, it says, And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, which is his hometown. But Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. Now, look at this. I I think this is really amazing. Because Paul didn't see it Barnabas' way, and Barnabas didn't see it Paul's way, Barnabas didn't say, Well, I'm turning you over to Satan. (laughs) That'd be pretty bad, wouldn't it? But yet, you'll find kooky ministers that will say crazy things like that oftentimes. Well, here you find something that they had a disagreement and they couldn't get over their disagreement. It's always a hard thing because it causes hard feelings, It, it causes rifts in families. It caused rifts in marriages. It caused rifts in churches. It it, it happens all over. I would like to say, because you're a Christian, you are immune from this kind of event happening to you. But as you can clearly see, these guys were ministers. (laughs) They weren't just, hey, you know, a couple of guys just got saved sitting in the front row. Oh, yeah, okay. They have a little spat. All right, they get mad at each other. These guys were, you might say, the engines of the early church. And they had contention. So it tells me a lot of things. tells me once again that I always have to remember to be loving. Sometimes we also have to say that I have to respect what God does in other people's lives. Again, by the very name of Barnabas, son of consolation, would tell us that maybe, maybe Barnabas was trying to communicate to Saul or Paul the very same thing that happened to him when nobody trusted him. Now Barnabas is saying, let's try trusting Timothy again. I really like that. In other words, once a flake, always a flake, evidently in Paul's mind here. But in Barnabas, Barnabas was saying, let's forgive and let's go on. Now, here's the truth. If John Mark had gone with him, went ahead, so you have the fearsome threesome. They're out on the road again. And Timothy would have, excuse me, and Mark would have, would have um, went sideways. Well, he leaves and goes sideways, and let's go on. Paul could have looked at Barnabas and said, "See? I told you. But instead, they split and go their separate ways. Well, somebody says, well, isn't it wonderful that God used this? Well, it isn't that God used it. I think this is, uh, you know, God sometimes using plan B that, and I've always shared this with you, God is bigger than our mistakes. And if you think you're going to get through this life without having some mistakes in your life, you're fooling yourself. God is bigger than our mistakes. And so look who links up together. Paul now chooses Silas and departing being commended by the brethren and the grace of God. So it met with approval of the other brethren there, and Barnabas took Silas with him. Um, Excuse me, uh, uh, Paul took um, John Mark with him. No, that's not right yet. Barnabas took John Mark with him. That's right. Just checking you. Now, you might say, well, see, God used that. But here's another question. Had they not got into this tiff, maybe John, Mark, and Silas would have went out. Paul and Barnabas would have continued in their ministry. So I've actually seen people, again, use this verse in condoning or saying it's okay because look what happened here. Isn't it wonderful? No, it isn't wonderful. I think it's, it's a black eye. But again, I do believe that God is greater than the things we've done wrong. And friends, here's a wonderful illustration where God does that. So if you had an argument with somebody and you feel all is lost, hey, listen, God will pick up the pieces and you'll go on. Now, what I really love about this is that so Paul got angry and went back into the world. doesn't say that. He continued in his relationship with God. Different than perhaps it was before. Maybe some strained feelings. Remember, just a few verses back, they were defending the gospel uh, to these Judaizers and going clear to Jerusalem to to have this referee, this argument, do we have to keep the law of Moses? So these guys were tight. But it's unfortunate sometimes these things happen. Well, as it tells in verse 41, and he went through Syria and Sicily. Strengthening the churches. You see, here's what basically it means. The bottom line, God's word must go on. We all sometimes stumble. Sometimes we all trip. Sometimes we don't always do what we're supposed to do. Here's the question. Is God bigger than the things we've done wrong? Absolutely. And God can scrape up the pieces and do something wonderful, just as if we'd never done it. Is that because, well, God blesses these Wrecks that I have got myself into? No. It's that God demonstrates to us his love through our incapacity to perform as we should. Anybody can love people that do it right all the time. That's what Jesus said concerning uh, loving your enemies. He said even the, Pharise- even, even the publicans love those who love them. But it's when you love somebody that can't love you back or can't repay you. Or the unlovable ones of the world. Those are the ones where we really demonstrate the love of God to. Now, realizing that how much God's forgiven me for, you think about how I need to forgive others as well. Because what we receive from God, we give. Now, friends, that's just the way it works. If you've received baptism, you can baptize somebody. You don't have to have Pastor Mike come and do it. If you've received the gift of the Holy Spirit, you can pray for somebody that they'll get the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you've received salvation, you can lead people to Christ. If you've read the Bible, you can share the Bible. It's really hard to share something you've never read. So that's why, and if you've received forgiveness from God, then you then were obligated to forgive one another. I've shared this before, uh, Sunday school class. They read the Lord's Prayer, and a little kid scratching his head, forgive us our trespassers as we forgive those who trespass against us. Didn't make any sense to a a kid in fourth grade. And the kid says, I think I get it, teacher. She says, what is that? Forgive us our trash baskets as we forgive those who put trash in our baskets. Well said. It's true. So understanding then, God's called us to love. God called us to walk in his spirit, and that's what we do. So let God be God. And remember, he's bigger than anything that we've ever done wrong. Some people say, I've sinned too much. God won't have me back. Nonsense. God takes the foolish things of the world and confounds the wise. He takes the mistakes that we've done and he turns them into something good. Friends, only God can do that.
1: Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program,